Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today's video is about a very special time on social media. Late last night, Bloomberg Japan put up a rumor about Square Enix, to which I responded on Twitter, Hey folks, thanks for the DMs, and I am always appreciative of people messaging me about these kinds of stories. I'll look into it further, but as of right now, I would treat the Square rumors as simply that. Rumors. There is often advantage to bankers and businesses floating potential interest in a target. Take with a large grain of salt. And I put that message out very late last night, just before going to bed. And a number of people, rightly, started asking me what the heck I was talking about. So, with that as our background, let's look at what happened last night. Exactly what happened with respect to Square and their stock price. And why this isn't anything that people should assume is going to happen but also why Square's denial of things isn't actually as strong as it otherwise could have been. So, late last night, Bloomberg Japan, late last night on the East Coast of the United States, of course, put up an article entitled, Multiple Potential Buyers Interested in Square Enix, dash, reporting. And this is, of course, translated from Japanese, so we can't quite parse it like we do some other announcements and press releases here in virtual legality, but we'll get the gist of what they're talking about. Several potential buyers have shown interest in Square Enix. CTFN quoted two bankers familiar with the matter. It's not clear if the focus is on the gaming sector or the company as a whole. According to Bloomberg data, Square Enix's digital entertainment business accounted for 72% of total sales in the fiscal year ended at the end of March 2020. Growth of mobile games in the world may continue to slow, Bloomberg Intelligence said yesterday. It is said that it will be much stricter than in 2020 when sales surged due to restrictions on going out due to the new coronavirus. So overall, not much in that article, a little background provided by Bloomberg Japan, except for this one line. Several potential buyers have shown interest in Square Enix, CTFN quoted. Now, a couple of things are happening here. One, Bloomberg isn't attributing this to their own internal sources. They are instead attributing it to a newsletter by its looks called CTFN that is a team of journalists and analysts trained in merger processes with sources in industry, finance, regulatory bodies, and the legal profession. So they've got something that goes out there that they sell as information for investors. You can see their testimonials at the bottom of this page. Bloomberg is a subscriber because they like to get information from various places. And they are saying that in the current CTFN news blast, whatever that looks like, CTFN is saying that two bankers familiar with the matter, which in and of themselves are obviously anonymous, familiar with the matter being code for that, have said that several potential buyers have shown interest in Square Enix. Now, So Bloomberg Japan is not saying that it's their own internal sources, is quoting a newsletter, which is quoting anonymous bankers. We've got three degrees of separation from actual news here. So that's the first thing I would point out. The second thing I would point out is exactly what I say in this tweet, which is we're talking about bankers. And investment banking is an important role. They do a lot of things in respect of getting a transaction off the ground, whether helping potential companies sell their assets or equity or helping buyers find targets for which to use the cash that they have on hand. Investment bankers are an important feature of mergers and acquisitions, but they aren't necessarily representative exactly of the wants, needs, or other intentions of either the seller, the target on that side of the transaction or the buyer. 
We've got bankers here that have heard scuttlebutt, that have heard through the grapevine, either in their own book of business or someone else's, that Square Enix is being looked at. And to be honest with you, that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone for two reasons. One, every single company in every given industry sector with any amount of cash or any amount of assets that could be sold is constantly evaluating what its worth is on the open market, what somebody might be willing to pay for it. Because if somebody were just crazy and doubled up on their stock price, they would want to make that transaction in most instances. Sure, People sometimes want to keep their entity, but when we're talking about a public one like Square Enix, if somebody were to just offer a whole lot of money, then that would be something that the board or the board equivalent in Japan would have to take a look at very carefully. So yes, buyers are always looking at where they can spend their cash. Sellers are always looking at what that market looks like. And that's especially true for reason number two, when we're living in an era in the video game industry of massive consolidation, primarily driven, of course, by our friends at Microsoft who just purchased Bethesda for $7.5 billion. And the market capitalization of Square Enix, which is always going through uh, various translation effects and various currency effects, is listed at about $7 billion. Now you might think, oh, that's less than Bethesda. That's not actually true. You're always gonna have to pay a premium on the publicly available share price for a company like this. And so it's probably actually a little bit more expensive than Bethesda. Uh, it depends on what kind of premium would be paid, but of course it would be something like nine to $12 billion would be my guess. Obviously I'm not putting that money in, so I don't know what somebody would potentially buy Square Enix for. But with that all as kind of our understanding, of course, potential buyers, whether it's Microsoft or Tencent or anybody else between them, would be looking at potential acquisitions because that's what's happening right now in the industry and people need to be aware of what's happening amongst each other because Sony might be left in the lurch if Microsoft were to buy Square Enix. So it's looking at what that might cost. And if Microsoft is interested, they would be looking at what that costs. Either way, the bankers are always interested in making sure that mergers and acquisitions are happening. That's where they make their money. They make commissions on acquisitions actually being closed. So it is to their benefit to float concepts like, hey, there are potential buyers for Square Enix in case Square Enix is interested or in case other people that didn't know that Square Enix might be on the market might also be interested. Let's drive up the market. Let's drum this interest up. Let's have this conversation. Now, that's great for bankers. That's great for people that are fans of mergers and acquisitions and looking at transactions. It might not be great for the gaming industry, who it's definitely not great for is the target that might not want all of this extra attention, which is how we got to this morning's announcement from Square Enix. Today's media coverage. Bloomberg has reported today that there is interest from several buyers to acquire Square Enix. However, this report is not based on any announcement by Square Enix Holdings Co. Limited. We do not consider selling off the company, again, this is translated, or any part of its businesses, nor have we received any offer from any third party to acquire the company or any part of its businesses. Now, as I said at the top of this video, I wanted to point out that this isn't the most full-throated denial. This isn't as strong as it could possibly be. Why is that? Well, first, the first half of this commentary simply talks about announcements from Square Enix, which we know the Bloomberg and CTFN reporting wasn't based on. Bloomberg has reported today that there is interest from several buyers to acquire Square Enix. Okay, that is true. We know that. That's what Bloomberg said. However, this report is not based on any announcement by Square Enix Holdings Co. Limited. 
That is true. We know that that is not what Bloomberg based it on. Bloomberg is basing it on a CTFN newsletter, which was basing it on the anonymous statements of two bankers. It's pretty clear how that happened and Square Enix didn't say anything. Now, it's important probably for Square Enix in terms of its reporting and its compliance with Japanese and perhaps other regulatory laws across the globe to say this isn't based on insider information. We aren't saying any of this to anybody. It's not based on any announcement. But in terms of a denial going out there, and I've seen this reported in various outlets in the video game industry as like a full rebuttal of what's happening, that isn't the case here. The first two sentences effectively mean nothing that we didn't know last night. Then we get into the last sentence. We do not consider selling off the company or any part of its business. Now, that's a little bit hard to parse because it appears to be translated from a Japanese source. We do not consider selling is probably intended to mean we aren't on the market. We aren't offering for sale. We do not consider selling is inaccurate in broad strokes because every business is always up for sale for the right price in general because you've got a publicly traded company and if somebody were to tender offer the stock that's out there in the public at double the price that it is on the market, well, there's very little you can do about it at the entity level if somebody's going to come out with a margin like that. That would be considered hostile if the board doesn't like it, but it could still happen. So we don't consider selling off the company is fine, but Bloomberg's statement didn't have anything to do with Square Enix. This is directed out into the buyer's market. Hey, buyers might be interested in Square Enix. We didn't actually make a claim that Square Enix thought anything about this interest. So that denial doesn't do much. Nor have we received any offer from any third party to acquire the company or any part of its businesses. Now that is undoubtedly true. You don't go out with something like this and have it be false. It is also not a full-throated denial. As we've talked about in virtual legality, the mergers and acquisition process is a complicated one and it is a long-term one. So if a potential buyer were to express interest in you, you would get on the phone, you might have a Zoom call, you might have an in-person conference. If you're not dealing with coronavirus at the same time, they would look at you, they would talk with you about what your potential revenue sources are. You might have an early stage due diligence, depending on how open you are uh, with your company books and records and employees and vendors and whatnot. All of that would come before a letter of intent or a term sheet or anything that actually looks like a, we offer to pay you X amount of dollars to buy your business. Why? Because we don't know what amount of dollars to offer you. We don't know what this transaction should look like until we have those conversations, until we actually go through that process. So this sentence at the bottom that so many are reporting as a flat denial of what Bloomberg said isn't actually accurate as a flat denial. Any given process that we're going to consider the purchase of Square Enix would have a lot of things happening in terms of conversations, whether formal or informal, all before an actual offer was received by a third party. In fact, even if you're floating numbers and things are just kind of potentially collating into a transaction, you could say this line, we have not received an offer because if you haven't received the document that is subject to your acceptance, you can always say this and be legally in the right. So Square Enix came out today, said something that we already knew, that it wasn't based on an announcement from Square, and then said something that was designed to get the reporting that it has received out there in the world, that they're flatly denying everything Bloomberg said, and it does no such thing. Bloomberg and their bankers could be just trying to drum up a market and they aren't even really serious and the bankers have interest in making sure mergers and acquisitions go. And we always take anonymously sourced news items with a grain of salt, especially when they're one step removed from even the source 
that we are reading. However, Square Enix didn't actually deny informal conversations. They could have said, we aren't talking to anybody. We have not heard from anyone. We aren't involved in any aspect of selling the company. They didn't say that. They instead said, we haven't gotten an offer yet. Haven't gotten an offer yet. So we can say Bloomberg's wrong because we haven't gotten an offer, which is adjacent to the news that went out last night. Although I still say, as I said last night, all of this should be taken with a grain of salt because everybody is looking at third parties being sold, whether it's Square Enix or Sega or anyone else, because that's the era that we live in in video games. But nothing in any of these articles actually tells us about what direction something with Square Enix might be going. So it's best to assume that Square Enix is going to be fine. It's going to be independent. Nobody's going to buy it. But nobody has really denied it. And Bloomberg didn't really establish that there's a formal process either. Now, why would Square Enix do this? Why would it describe it this way? As I said, there could be regulatory reasons to say, hey, this wasn't based on our announcement, Japanese government. It isn't based on anything that we did. And we haven't received an offer in case anybody's interested. But we also don't necessarily want to go with a full-throated denial. Why? Well, because our stock is doing pretty good for the first time in a couple of months. This is the one day, sure, but let's take a look at the five day and we'll see exactly what happened last night. Oh, this line? This is when rumors happen, right? As I said in the video, if you're gonna purchase a publicly traded company, you're gonna pay a premium on that company's stock price for what's available in the market. Now, as markets go, that means that potential investors will be interested in getting in on that if there is in fact going to be a transaction. So when this rumor comes out, they say, whoa, 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 we could buy some Square Enix stock. And if we buy it now, yeah, we'll drive it up to just under 7,000 yen. But maybe that price for a transaction would actually come in at, ooh, I don't know, 10,000 yen. I don't know what the actual market capitalization would be for these numbers. So we're just throwing them out there. But there would be a margin. There would be a premium paid on making sure this all gets done to the shares on the market. So Square Enix looks at this and says, yeah, that's nice. That's a good, that's a good bump. But I also heard from people that suggested this was stock market manipulation and all this good stuff. I really don't think that's the case. Of course, it could be behind the scenes. We don't have uh, knowledge of what's happening in back rooms and whatnot. But this really isn't the kind of thing that is driving the stock price in a terribly unusual way. If we take this out a little bit longer, we see that Square was actually doing better uh, in late February and, and early March. I don't know what that was based on. Outriders demo, something like that. Uh, maybe the Game Pass uh, announcement. Uh, but right here, we're still below what the peak was uh, for Square Enix. And so, yeah, you could look at this and say, well, maybe there's some kind of manipulation going on. But if there is manipulation, it's probably not from the Square Enix level. And it's probably just a function of investment bankers wanting to sell companies. The very last thing I wanted to say in this video is a number of you also asked me, can you even buy a Japanese company? And this has always been an interesting question that pops up in virtual legality from time to time, to which I respond, why not? In, in most cases, I will say this, there are jurisdictions in the world that have rules around who can own them, who can participate them, who can be a member of the board of directors. Uh, and those rules are all great. Every jurisdiction is entitled to uh, run the laws of the land as they see fit. But in terms of international mergers and acquisitions, in general, there's always a way to use a merger subsidiary, to use a local uh, business person as an officer or a director to make it work for whatever the government of that given location is. In Japan, there is an instance where they have a little bit more of a review process than in other jurisdictions. And in fact, they amended their laws recently, which might be where some of this is coming from on the internet side. I've pulled up a law firm blog post from a law firm called Oric 
that said the following, Japanese foreign direct investment, that's what we're talking about, foreign investment acquisition of all the shares, inclusive of acquisition of a minority of the shares, drew notice in summer 2019 when the FIFTA regime, that's the law, uh, was expanded to require prior notification with respect to investments in Japanese companies in certain information and communications technology related businesses. This increasingly strict notice and waiting period regime under FIFTA has met opposition from foreign investors, in particular, foreign investors in the venture capital space where most companies are engaged in some variety of ICT related businesses, that they're doing that kind of tech. It raised concerns about the amended rules. Under the FIFTA regime currently in effect, at least in effect before the amendment, we're now after the amendment, if as a result of a transaction, a foreign investor directly or indirectly comes to hold 10% or more of the outstanding shares or voting rights of a Japanese company, that foreign investor is generally required to submit an ex post facto report on the transaction. Jap Japan and their government is very interested in getting information about foreign investment. Now that isn't entirely unusual. There's kind of similar regimes uh, that are at play in the United States and keeping track of who's got an investment, particularly in certain sectors uh, of the economy in the United States, nuclear reactors and whatnot. On the other hand, if the foreign investor intends to make such a foreign direct investment in a Japanese company and the company or its subsidiaries are engaged in a restricted business designated in the ordinances of the FIFTA, prior notice must be filed with the Ministry of Finance and any other ministries. Said another way, you have to go through a reporting process before you do the investment if you're going into one of these restricted businesses. Now, I took a look at this. Restricted businesses is what you would expect. Transportation, infrastructure, energy, things along those lines. It is very unlikely to be a video game company. Now, I don't actually know what Square Enix does with the rest of their business outside of the 72% in which they get revenues from video games. So they might have some kind of infrastructural component. But... Even if that were the case, what you're talking about is a notice and review period at the Japanese level. And if you are familiar with what we've seen in terms of acquisitions, Microsoft buying Bethesda, for instance, which also owned a Japanese subsidiary, you're always going through an approval process with a transaction of this size. Europe approved a transaction for Bethesda announced in the fall. They approved it in March of this year. You're always going to have a waiting period while the governments of the world approve the transaction. So this doesn't strike me as a significant hurdle, although, of course, they're very likely going to need local counsel. They'd, they'd need to have their ducks in a row in terms of reporting for whatever the Japanese government might be interested in. And as a lawyer that has worked with companies either in Japan or with Japanese subsidiaries, it is true that there can often be more paperwork and you have to make sure that those I's are dotted and those T's are crossed. But the one thing I would give as a takeaway to this video is that it generally doesn't stop someone from investing in a Japanese corporation, from buying a Japanese corporation. The only kind of caveat I might give to that is they're clearly looking more carefully at these restricted businesses, these core infrastructural businesses. And while I don't think Square Enix meets that definition in all likelihood, it is the kind of thing that the Japanese government could take a closer look at. So all in all, a wild night for Square Enix. Rumors, denials, stock price explosions, and a brief conversation about Japanese corporate merger and acquisition law. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this, if you like talking about business and law, of video games, pop culture, music, movies, and television, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon, we've got Streamlabs, we've got shirts, we've got mugs, or just subscribing, ringing the bell, leaving a comment for Google. Bless the Google algorithm. Help us get noticed by more folks, and or most importantly, just tell your friends we're having this conversation. Every little bit helps, and I am so appreciative of all of those little bits. 
If you caught this episode on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.